Section 12 of Historic Waterways, 600 Miles of Canoeing Down the Rock, Fox, and Wisconsin Rivers by Reuben Goldthwaites. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Historic Waterways, 600 Miles of Canoeing Down the Rock, Fox, and Wisconsin Rivers by Reuben Goldthwaites section twelve second letter from pakwaki to berlin berlin wisconsin june eighth eighteen eighty seven my dear w pakwaki is twenty-five miles by river below portage and at the head of buffalo lake it is a tumble-down little place with about one hundred inhabitants half of whom appeared to be engaged in fishing a branch of the wisconsin central railway running south from stevens point to portage passes through the town with a spur track running along the north shore of the lake to montello seven miles east regular trains stop at pekwaki while the engine draws a pony train out to montello to pick up the custom of that thriving village pekwaki apparently had great pretensions once with her battlement fronts and verandaed in but that day is long past and a picturesque float bridge mossy and decayed remains the sole point of artistic interest a dozen boys were angling from its battered handrail as we painfully crept with our craft through a small tunnel where the abutment had been washed out by the stream we emerged covered with cobwebs and sawdust to be met by boys eagerly soliciting us to purchase their fish the doctor somewhat annoyed by their pertinacity as he vigorously dusted himself with his handkerchief declared in the vernacular of the river that we were clean busted and i have no doubt the lads believed his mild fib for we looked just then as though we had seen hard times in our day our general course had hitherto been northward but was now eastward for a few miles and afterwards southeastward as far as marquette buffalo lake is seven miles long by from a third to three-quarters of a mile broad the banks are for the most part sandy and from five to fifty feet high the river here merely fills its bed being deeper the wild rice and reeds do not grow upon its skirts were there a half dozen more feet of water the fox would be a chain of lakes from portage to oshkosh as it is we have buffalo pekawa and Grand Butte des Moors, which are among the prettiest of the inland seas of Wisconsin. The knolls about Buffalo Lake are pleasant, round-topped elevations, for the most part wooded, and between them are little prairies, generally sandy, but occasionally covered with dark loam. The day had, by noon, developed into one of the hottest of the season. The run down Buffalo Lake was a torrid experience long to be remembered. The air was motionless, the sky without clouds we had good need of our awning the doctor who is always experimenting picked up a flat stone on the beach so warm as to burn his fingers and tried to fry an egg upon it by simple solar heat but the venture failed and a burning glass was needed to complete the operation montello occupies a position at the foot of the lake commanding the entire sheet of water the knoll upon which the village is for the most part built is nearly one hundred feet high and the simple spire of an old white church pitched upon the summit is a landmark readily discernible in pakwaki seven miles distant there is a government lock at montello and a small water power a levee protects from overflow a portion of the town 
which is situated somewhat below the lake level the government pays the lock keepers thirty dollars per month for about eight months in the year and house rent the year round tollage is no longer required and the keepers are obliged by the regulations of the engineering department to open the gates for all comers even a saw log but the services of the keepers are so seldom required in these days that we find that they are not to be easily roused from their slumbers and it is easier and quicker to make the portage at the average upriver lock our carry at montello was two and a half rods over a sandy bank where a solitary small boy who had been catching crayfish with a dip net carefully examined our outfit and propounded the inquiry be you fellows on government job below the lock for three or four miles the river is again a mere canal but the rigid banks of dredge trash are for the most part covered with a thrifty vegetation and have assumed charms of their own this stage passed and the river resumes a natural appearance a placid stream with now and then a slough or perhaps banks of peat and sand ten feet high and fairly well hung with trees and shrubs as we approach the head of the lake pacawa the widespreads broaden with rows of hills two or three miles back on either side the river mowing a narrow swath through the expanse of reeds and flags and rice which unites their bases where the widespread becomes a pond and the lake commences there is a sandbar the dregs of the upper channel a government dredge machine was at work cutting out a waterway through the obstruction or rather had been at work for it was seven o'clock by this time the men had finished their supper and were enjoying themselves upon the neat deck of the boarding-house barge in a neighboring bayou smoking their pipes and reading newspapers it was a comfortable picture a stern-wheel freight steamer big and cumbersome came slowly into the mouth of the channel as we left it bound up for montello as we glided along her side a safe distance from the great wheelbarrow paddle she loomed above us dark and awesome like a whale overlooking a minnow it was the t s chittenden wood-laden the chittenden and the ellen hardy are the only boats navigating the upper fox this season above berlin their trips are supposed to be semi-weekly but as a matter of fact they dodge around all the way from winnicone to montello picking up what freight they can and making a through trip perhaps once a week it is poor picking i am told and the profits but barely pay for maintaining the service there now being no place to land without the great labor of pulling the canoe through the dense reed swamp to the sides we had supper on board the doctor deftly spreading a bit of canvas on the bottom between us for a cloth and attractively displaying our lunch to the best advantage i leisurely paddled meanwhile occasionally resting to take a mouthful or to sip of the lemonade in the preparation of which the doctor is such an adept and thus we drifted down lake pacawa amid the delightful sunset glow and the long twilight which followed the doctor cake in one hand and a glass of lemonade in the other becoming quite animated in the detailed description of a patient he had seen in a vienna hospital whose food was introduced through a slit in his throat the doctor is an enthusiast about his profession and would stop to advise st peter at the gate to try his method for treating locksmith palsy we noticed a great number of black terns as we progressed perched upon snags at the head of the lake they are fearless birds and would allow us to drift within paddle's length before they would rise and slowly wheeling around our heads settle again upon their roosts as soon as we had passed on 
Lake Pacawa is eight miles long by perhaps two miles wide, running west and east. Five miles down the eastern shore, the quaint little village of Marquette is situated on a pleasant slope which overlooks the lake from end to end. Marquette is on the site of an Indian fur trading camp, this lake being for many years a favorite resort of the Winnebagoes. There are about 300 inhabitants here, and it is something of a mystery as to how they all scratch a living, for the town is dying, if not already dead, about the only bit of life noticeable there being a rather pretty clubhouse owned by a party of Chicago gentlemen who come to Lake Pacawa twice a year to shoot ducks, it being one of the best sporting grounds in the state. That is to say, they have heretofore come twice a year, but the villagers were bewailing the passage by the legislature last winter of a bill prohibiting spring shooting, thus cutting off the business of Marquette by one half. Marquette, like so many other dead river towns, appears to have been at one time a community of some importance. There are two deserted sawmills and two or three abandoned warehouses, all boarded up and falling into decay, while nearly every store building in the place has shutters nailed over the windows, and a once substantial sidewalk has become such a rotten snare that the natives use the grass-grown street for a footpath. The good people are so tenacious of the rights of visiting sportsmen that there is no angling, I was told, except by visitors, and we inquired in vain for fish at a dilapidated little hotel where we slept and breakfasted. At the hostelry we were welcomed with open arms, and the landlady's boy, who officiated as clerk, porter, and chambermaid, assured us that the village schoolmaster had been the only guest for six weeks past. It is certainly a quiet spot. The doctor who knows all about these things diagnosed the lake and declared it to be a fine field for fly-fishing. He had waxed so enthusiastic over the numbers of nesting ducks which we disturbed as we came down through the reeds in the early evening that I had all I could do to keep him from breaking the new game law, although he stoutly declared that revolvers didn't count. The postmaster, a pleasant old gentleman in spectacles who also keeps the drug store, deals in ammunition, groceries, and shoes, and is an agent for agricultural machinery, got very friendly with the doctor, and confided to him the fact that if the latter would come next fall to Marcuson, ten miles distant, over the sands, and telephone up that he was there, a team would be sent down for him. Then, with the postmaster for a guide, fish and fowl would soon be obliged to seek cover. It is needless to add that the doctor struck a bargain with the postmaster and promised to be on hand without fail. I never saw our good friend so wild with delight, and the postmaster became as happy as if he had just concluded a cash contract for a carload of ammunition. The schoolmaster, a very accommodating young man, helped us down to the beach this morning with our load, anticipating numerous lakes and widespreads where we might gain advantage of the wind, we had brought a sprit-sail along, together with a temporary keel. The sail helped us frequently yesterday, especially on Buffalo Lake, but the wind had died down after we passed Montello. This morning, however, there was a good breeze again, but quartering and the keel became essential. This we now attached to our craft, and it was nearly seven o'clock before we were off, although we had had breakfast at five-thirty. The Ellen Hardy was at the dock, loading with wheat for Princeton. She is a trimmer, faster craft than the Chittenden. The engineer told us that the present stage of water was but two and a half feet in the upper fox, this year and last being the driest on record. 
he informed us that the freight business was having the spots knocked off it by the railroads and there was hardly enough to make it worth while getting up steam three miles down is the mouth of the lake there being two outlets around a large marsh we were somewhat confused in trying to find the proper channel we ascertained after going a mile and a half out of our way to the south that the northern extremity of the march is the one to steer for the river continues to wind along between marshy shores although occasionally hugging a high bank of red clay or skirting a knoll of shifting sand now and then these knolls rise to the dignity of the hills red with sorrel and sparsely covered with scrubby pines and oaks it was noon when we reached the lock above princeton the lock-keeper a remarkably round-shouldered german is a pleasant gossipy fellow fond of his long pipe and his very fat frau upon invitation we made ourselves quite at home in the lock-house a pleasant little brick structure in a plot of made land the entire establishment having that rather stiffly neat chip-shape appearance peculiar to life-saving stations navy yards and military barracks the good frau steeped for us a pot of tea and in other ways helped us to grace our dinner which we spread on a bench under a grape arbor by the side of the yawning stone basin of the lock the ellen hardy which had left marquette nearly an hour later than we came along while we were at dinner waking the echoes with three prolonged steam groans we took advantage of the circumstance to lock through in her company this was our first experience of the sort so we were naturally rather timid as we brushed her great paddle going in and stole along under her overhanging deck for she quite filled the lock the captain kindly allowed the lilliputian to glide through in advance of his steamer however when the gates were once more opened and we felt as we shot out as though we had emerged from under the belly of a monster beaching again below the lock we returned to finish our dinner the keeper asked for a ride to princeton village three miles below and we admitted him to our circle pipe market-basket and all though it caused the canoe to sink uncomfortably near to the gunwale going down our voluble friend talked very freely about his affairs he said that his pay of thirty dollars per month ran from about the middle of april to the first of december and averaged him the year round about twenty dollars and house rent he had but little to do and got along very comfortably on the twenty-five acres of marshland which the government owned by raising pigs and cows a few vegetables and hay enough for his stock he admitted that this was a heap better than he could do in the fatherland i should tell you meine freunde he said to me as he grinned and refilled his pipe das germany was a nice country and bismarck he was a great feller and i was brout i was a sherman but i tells mine a woman what i tells you i much rather read about him in mine a sherman newspaper den what i would leave there myself already i've run away from dem conscript fellers und i should never see de time but i would go back again in de old country i was nothing but a peasant feller und in dis country i was a government officer which makes great a difference already he chuckled a good deal to himself when asked what he thought about the fox wisconsin river improvement but finally said that government must spend its surplus some way if not in this it would in another and he could not object to a scheme which gave him his bread and butter he said that the improvement operations scattered a good deal of money throughout the valley for labor and supplies but expressed his doubts as to the ultimate 
national value of the work unless the shifting wisconsin river thus far unnavigable for steamers should be canaled from the portage to its mouth he is an honest fellow and appears to utilize his abundance of leisure in reading the newspapers at princeton village a thriving country town on a steep bank with unkept backyards running down to and defiling the river we again came across the ellen hardy she was unloading her light cargo of wheat as we arrived and left princeton an eighth of a mile behind us we now had a pleasant little race to white river lock seven miles below with sails set and paddles to help we led her easily as far as the lock but we thought to gain time by portaging over the dam and she gained a lead of at least a mile although we frequently caught sight of her towering white hull across the widespreads by dint of standing on the thwarts and peering over the tall walls of wild rice which shut us in as closely as though we had been canoeing in a railroad cut it had been fair and cloudy by turns to-day but delightfully cool a wonderful improvement on yesterday when we fairly sweltered coming down buffalo lake in the middle of the afternoon below white river a thunderstorm overtook us in a widespread several miles in extent seeking a willow island which abutted on the channel we made a tent of the sail and stood the brief storm quite comfortably we then pushed on and rubber coated weathered the few clearing showers in the boat for we were anxious to reach berlin by evening at berlin lock twelve miles below white river we portaged the dam and getting into a two-mile current ate our supper on board the river now begins to have firmer banks and to approach the ridges upon the southern rim of its basin we reached berlin in the twilight the landscape of hill and meadow being softened in the golden glow the better portion of this beautiful little city of forty-five hundred inhabitants is situated on a ridge closely skirted by the river with the poorer quarters on the flat spreading away on either side there are many charming homes and the main business street has an air of active prosperity we went into dock alongside of the ellen hardy end of section twelve recording by linda fredericks modesto california march two thousand twelve